Hey, this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And welcome to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast. Podcast. Yes, welcome back. We Woo. are back and ready. This is season two of our podcast. We took a little time off yeah. and we're so excited and so ready to be back here talking to each and every one of you. Eddie, how are you feeling here on this debut episode yeah. of season two? Doing great, excited, feeling refreshed, anxious to get back. I think uh, a lot of things happened over the summer that we kept, you know, texting each other or messing each other did you see this did you see that man um you know we could have spoken about whatever subject the new music or event that happened and we're glad to be back uh because you know we can touch on a couple of things that happened during the summer and also bring everybody up to see up to speed to what's currently happening now uh with each and every new episode uh so just really excited we have a lot of things planned things that we're changing things that we're adding um and you know Let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. I mean, I think it's always good that anytime you're doing something to always kind of take a break and take a step back to like yeah. analyze like, okay, are we doing this to the best of our ability? You know, yeah. what can we change? How can we revamp this? And, you know, we definitely sat and did that and thought yeah. about um, what we were doing in season one and the 20 episodes. I mean, we looked back and it was 20 weeks of, you know, conversations that we had and kind of this, you know, saw how we could make it better and how we could improve and yeah. all of those things. So we're really excited to be back. Um, you know, a lot of you have been asking about it and, yeah. you know, people from our church, when they see us, they have been asking, you know, when are you guys coming back? So it's great that we're here. We have a bunch of things to talk about. There's always something going yes. on and there's always an opinion to be had about these topics. So I think it's really cool that we're back for this opportunity, you know, to speak to you all again. Absolutely. But before we get into all that good stuff, we left uh, with episode 20, speaking about that your wedding was coming up yes. and all that good stuff. How does it feel to be married? Let me tell you, um, leading up to the, you know, those the day of the wedding, you know, those weeks and even those days, it was just so much going on. And, you know, good thing that we did take this break in hiatus, you know, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it was just so much going on. But um, so many months of preparation, it was pretty much like a whole year. And yeah. You know, it's crazy because you do that just for this one moment, this one day, and the day flew by so fast. Yeah. Um, but it was super amazing. Um, it was a great um, time with family and friends and everyone that was there. Um, definitely look back on it. And it's, it's almost like a blur right now because <laughs> it happened so quick. But um, it was definitely a great moment. And a lot of um, family that I hadn't seen in a long time, they were there. Nice. And um, just a moment that, again, that unforgettable moment that, you know, you won't forget. I kind of made a conscious effort throughout the day and throughout everything that was happening to really soak it in. Yep. Um, especially the ceremony where I feel like, you know, that's the moment where everything happens. Just kind of soaking in that moment, making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm absorbed, absorbing the moment in the moment and really, um, you know, to make it that unforgettable experience. But it was great. And then uh, two days later, we were in Aruba. We were there for four mm. days and then we went to Curacao for four days. So that was um, super amazing, beautiful, um, clear waters, white sandy beaches, wanted to go back like the <laughs> day we got back here to New York. But um, it was definitely an awesome time, an awesome experience. And we were back in New York for a few days and then it was back to work. Yeah. But it was it was definitely an awesome time. Awesome time. So how about you? Um, what's going on in in in, in your world? <laughs> what's going on? Uh, a lot of things, actually. You know, I, I think I've mentioned a couple of times in previous episodes that we're working with the the, the camp, the youth camp that we do every yeah. year in our church. Uh, that went amazingly well. You know, it's always a, a lot of work, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, literally, that goes into it because it's a lot of moving parts that you have to, uh, you know, keep under control. And I think that you know our director does a really good job and putting that together our team is actually really good when it comes to actually you know once we're there everybody kind of goes into like beast mode uh, and trying to put things together but this year we had an awesome group of young people that went we have people that came that have been coming for for many years already but we had a new group of youth that came for the first time and they were awesome and you know that makes a big difference when you have a group of young people that come together and you know have a goal in mind which is to seek the lord but also make new friends it created an awesome atmosphere for everyone where all these young people, you know, they're all connected through social media and they're, 
you know, visiting each other's churches and going to each other's services and special events. So that's really good. You know, we had uh, my son turn two also. Yes. Uh, that was a great thing. Also, we had an awesome time. We went away. We did like a mini thingamajig. Um, and, you know, he took swimming classes over the summer. And then we took him to a water resort park thing. And he was he thought he was an Olympic swimmer. He wanted to just do his own thing uh, and swim. Uh, so that was really great. But, you know, it's it's good to be back, to be back into the swing of things um, and to just, you know, do what we do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, speaking about the camp, uh, I went to oh, one yes. of the services at the camp and um, definitely I could feel that energetic vibe, that vibe that everyone was just um, in that one accord. And it was definitely um, different than previous years, I yeah. think. I think there was a totally different energy and spirit about everything that I loved. And it was definitely, um, I don't want to sound like Kim Walker, but it was definitely like tangible in the room. <laughs> You know, it but it was um, it was it was great. It was great to be there. Um, obviously, we're not youth anymore, so we weren't there the full time. But um, the time that we were there, it was it was really nice. So yeah. that's awesome. But one of the things that happened over the summer, which I think we'll be hitting on uh, during the next couple of episodes, is the new music that was being released left and right. Everybody wanted to release music while we yeah. were gone. Crazy. And announce dates and announce different things. But definitely, um, you know, one that a lot of people were looking forward to was Christine DeGladio's yes. album. She had uh, done another live album recorded in Argentina, I believe. Yeah. And um, the title of the album is Emmanuel. Um, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was a lot of anticipation for it. I think like any project she puts out, there's always this a hype hype yeah. put around the project and everything like that and um i definitely you know downloaded it i know you heard some of it too i heard it and um it was awesome i have to say this because christine has a way of doing things that i think you know she does an excellent job at what she does yes but this is what i really thought about it it was great but i do feel that at times when you have and this is going to sound kind of crazy but follow me when you have a certain formula of how you do things mm -hmm. right and um you know you're great at let's say this style of music yeah. and working with these people and doing music in this particular genre or field you know it almost becomes easy for you to you know, produce that in a way, right? Okay, and I'm not yeah. talking about producing an event. I'm not talking about the time and energy it takes to rehearse. I'm not talking about how much time it takes to produce an album, write an album, but the execution of it, yeah. right? The style of music. Christine is known to be a worship leader. And this album sounded very much like the other albums that she had previously released, or at least her last one, um, Eterno Live, which was another live recorded and the, album. And isn't necessarily a good thing. Are you asking me? Is it? No, I'm saying it, it's right, not necessarily, right. it's not a, necessarily good thing. a good thing. Right. So like if I were somebody who just heard of Christine DeClario and listened to this album first, mm -hmm. loved it, would yes. have loved it, would have been hooked, would have been great. But as someone who's been a fan and has been following her music for so many years, it almost kind of sort of sounded like everything else yeah. she had released prior to it. Yeah, I understand. Am I against the lyrics? Absolutely not. Is it the music? Absolutely not. Is it her voice? No, because she's, again, amazing. But I think for those who have been following her for so long, you expect something more or you yeah. expect a little bit of, of a variation in her music. I mean, one of the songs that I do like is Reckless Love. She does have Reckless yes. Love in Spanish. I love the translation of the lyrics yeah. um, that she had on there. She did have a lot of different features um, on there with different Spanish worship leaders that accompanied her, which was awesome. And just the fact that you're doing a live album. She was pregnant yeah, she was. while she, she was recording that. Too, yeah. She just had her baby. So all of that, you know, that doesn't take away from her at all in yeah. the sense of that she's anointed and an awesome worship leader. But just the idea of um, as artists that they are and creative people, it's it. There is a responsibility that at times you have or a challenge that you have. And it's yeah. almost to be more innovative and, and do something a little bit beyond what you would normally do. Yeah, I think that, you know, for selfish reasons as a consumer or as someone who, you know, is following uh, these uh, musicians and these artists and these worship leaders or anybody, um, we kind of expect them to step it up 
every time they come out with something new. Um, she didn't take a step down. Absolutely not. Right. It's still good. It's still awesome. And it's yeah. still music that, you know, I would listen to on a drive and so and so forth. But I think that we um, selfishly have an expectation that, all right, her last album, awesome, amazing. So that means that the next album, she's going to come and she's going to kill it 10 times more. And when she doesn't kill it 10 times more, then it's kind of like, oh, okay, good. But, you know kind of left us wanting more, which, you know what, then, if anything, that creates an opportunity for her next album to be even more killer and even more amazing. Uh, but I think you hit it right on the head when you said that for new listeners coming in to hear it, blown away. Awesome. But as someone who has been following her for all these years and been listening to all her music, you're kind of left wanting a little more. Yeah, and I mean, let me tell you, it, and I don't want the listener and you guys to feel that this is... Uh done out of like you know hate hate no not at all anything like that because let me tell you you listen to those songs and you will be blessed and god will speak to you and it's awesome prayer music and things like that but just you know like i said for the person who has been following and has been listening to a lot of her music catalog you want that little extra step a little bit more um but regardless if you have heard it or not um you know it is amazing if you haven't heard it go check it out um you know and let us know what you think. And, yeah. you know, again, it's not um, the message is amazing. The music is great. Musicians are awesome. The production quality is amazing. But just again, we always want a little bit more. Yeah. And that's just us. Um, another artist who released music, and this has been, I've seen it everywhere. It's been <laughs> blowing up, is yeah. Lauren Daigle. She released her new album, Look Up Child. And um, let me tell you, I noticed, I really um, don't follow her like that, but I realized that her album was out when I saw on iTunes that it was number one. Yep. And number one and like number two was Eminem. So that's <laughs> where it was crazy. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, okay, I loved seeing that because so many times, again, we've spoken about this in season one of the podcast. We don't really see Christian artists charting that way we don't really see that attention and for her you know to have and this is a christian gospel album clearly it's christian gospel album i think that um you know it's awesome to see that charting and one of the things that i noticed when i clicked on itunes they always give you this kind of review of the album she was speaking um with zane lowe who has a podcast or radio show on beats one and she was basically telling him that this is the age where I am learning what I believe in. And she was kind of talking about her album and saying that this album, Look Up Child, kind of attempts to reevaluate her faith through the eyes of a kid. Yeah. So she was saying, I wanted to take a look at my faith, but through the eyes of a child where I kind of let go of doubt, fear and all the temptations and all those different things and kind of just go all in and reevaluate every aspect of my faith. Yeah. And I don't know, just that concept alone of taking that step back and reevaluating things and processing things and, you know, asking yourselves those hard questions, I mm-hmm. think is awesome. I mean, did you get to listen to this album? What do you oh, think? Oh, yeah, the album is awesome. I, my wife loves, I think out of all the new music that came out this summer, this is her favorite album. And one of the songs that everyone is singing, I remember even at, at camp, because we would put music during lunch or whatever, when this song came out, which is uh, You Say by Lauren Daigle, um, everybody stopped what they were doing to sing along. And I think that is really great. I wanted to read a couple of the lyrics. It starts off by saying, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just a sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. And then she goes in to say, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think that I'm weak. And you say I am held when I am feeling short. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours and I believe. And I think that that is amazing. I think it's great because it's a positive message. And it's a, it's a message, like you were saying, about self-reflection. Because I think that her music has a, a point of view that uh, brings things to the surface that sometimes, you know, it is it isn't hit as hard as she's been hitting it in her music right. and in this single and I think that it's great it's amazing and she's only 27 like yeah. I look at things like that too like she's only 27 imagine when she's 37 what <laughs> yeah. she'll be what she would have accomplished and you yeah. know just the growth and maturity and all of that um I definitely you know 
recommend this album. A few of the songs that I liked was Still Rolling Stones and Rescue, as well as Losing My Religion. Mm -hmm. um, definitely those songs were really good. And just, you know, I even feel like she challenged herself a little bit with some of the songs and the beats yeah, on the songs yeah, and things like really that, cool. which was great. Um, and lastly, but not least, the most one of the most recent releases that we've had the last few weeks has been um, Tori Kelly. Tori Kelly released her first gospel album titled Hiding Place. And um, this is the album that I am hooked on. Um, <laughs> I have been following Tori Kelly for a while now. Um, you know, those of you, some of you may know her from American Idol. Yeah. Where Simon Cowell basically said her voice was annoying. <laughs> and yeah. um, it was that whole situation. And then, you know, she released one album, Unbreakable Smile. And it was a mainstream album. Yeah. Um, but what I loved, even in all of that, that she still made it clear that she was a believer that mm -hmm. she was a christian whether it was through her social media whether it was just through her um attitude her wardrobe and all these different things you know she was always mentioning her faith and how strong her faith was yeah and even in that first album that she had released you could definitely feel the influence that her faith has on her life and in her music it was mm -hmm. definitely evident through that and um i think now having the opportunity to do this gospel album i think has meant so much to her um i was watching an interview where she was pretty much saying that she grew up on gospel music yeah this is all the music she listened to and this is the moment she had been waiting for to release this album so i think that's awesome you know listening to the songs it's eight tracks it's weird because it's like eight tracks it's not super long yeah. and it's not like an ep but it's eight tracks but every song is just awesome i mean one song features jonathan mcreynolds mm -hmm. the f opening track of the album features lecrae yeah. her and lecrae had worked together previously yes. on um lecrae's album and that song did really well um she has a song with the hamiltones yeah. which are a great group as well and i believe there's one more feature with kirk franklin yeah, kirk never franklin. alone so again, just an awesome album. Check it out. Um, I loved, I mean, she posted a picture of the album promo and al um, cover that was up on Times Square. Yeah. And um, I just love stuff like that. Yeah. I love, you know, the representation of, you know, Christianity like that in, in our communities, in our cities. And the idea that, you know, she was, even though it's a Christian gospel album, mm -hmm. she was still promoting it. BET did a whole exclusive on it. Yeah. E! News did a whole exclusive on it. This is mainstream television where people, you know, are tuned in, watching, hearing about, you know, someone that they may have grown up listening to mm -hmm. and, you know, heard her songs and her music and are now being introduced to gospel music through, you know, through Tori Kelly. So I think that is, you know, super amazing. Spotify featured a whole segment on her on their main page as well, which I loved. So I don't know. I just love when artists, Christian artists and, and worship leaders and people who just are Christians and believers and devote time into their craft are recognized by outlets that aren't necessarily Christian and gospel yes. related. Love no, that. I agree. And I think that one of the things that I find commendable about her is a lot of young people or a lot of people in general may start off with the ambition or the desire to be a gospel artist or to be, you know, a Christian positive music or um, I forgot what was the term we we used in the inspirational? last. Yeah, like inspirational music. Um, they get in the music industry and they never reach that goal. Like they release a lot of music and they release many albums and they do, you know, they do their thing. But that goal about going back to their roots of I want to be a gospel artist. I want to release music that not only speaks about God, but speaks about my relationship with him and my journey with him. Um, they don't always get the opportunity to actually do that. And she has, um, you know, she did do her thing. She released her you know, her regular music out there and it did good too. Like yeah. it wasn't like she bombed. She was Grammy nominated yeah. that year. You know, yeah. she won, you know, many awards. She was on award shows, yep. you know, like her music was definitely, you know, out there. And what I loved is the fact that it was popular yes. and it was, you know, she had hits and the songs did not contain explicit content. Yep. The songs did not contain profanity. And, you know, one of her songs in particular that she sings, um, she, mentions that the idea yeah. that she does not want to let the industry change her and who she is yep. and she says clearly in the song you'll find me in church you know that's where you'll find me you won't find me you know in that party or in that club and she yeah. puts that out there in her music and i think that was so awesome you know right from the beginning and now having the opportunity mm -hmm. to do that you know and do christian gospel music what you've always wanted to do i know for yeah. her has to mean everything yeah no one can ever hold against her to her oh the reason why she's doing gospel music because she bombed 
in the regular music industry. Like, no, she was successful in what she did. And now, as evident it is, um, she's being successful in this realm of music as well. So all kudos to her. Very excited to see what other stuff she puts out there. I know that for a minute we'll be uh, listening to these songs, uh, but I'm pretty sure she'll continue to do collaborations and features with other artists and we'll hear more music from her as well. Yeah, definitely. She's actually going on tour. Yeah. So um, I know she'll be in New York in the end of October. So you can definitely check out when she'll be coming to your city. Um, definitely. I recommend you going out there and just, you know, being a part of this worship experience and what God is doing in her life and yeah. you know in this moment so i think that's really cool and um speaking about what god is doing <laughs> is that the segue <laughs> that's the segue that's... <laughs> i sometimes i'm confused as you know but i mean whatever there are people i think out there that um have their own way of reaching out to god have their own way of let's say experiencing him or encountering him or feeling his presence and it works for them, maybe. Okay. Okay, most times, you know, it, probably they're doing something wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? But um, today, an article popped up on, you know, online uh, by the New York Post about a pastor who was attacked by a rattlesnake. All right, well, okay. We got to fix yeah, that. Okay. Don't say he was attacked by a rattlesnake. Like, he was walking in the wilderness okay, and but, a rattlesnake yeah, attacked right. him. The headline says rattlesnake attacks pastor who thought Jesus would save him. But now he's not like in the forest evangelizing yeah. or out there, you know, away on a retreat. Yes. And then the enemy attacked him. Yeah. No, right? no, no. He took the rattlesnake. Right. His name is Cody Coots, by the yeah. way, from Kentucky. Right. He's a snake handler. Yep. And belongs to the snake church. Yeah. Yeah. So he belongs to this church called the snake church. Right. And the incident was caught on camera while they were filming. So yeah. they're filming this whatever, I guess, docu-series or something called My Life Inside the Snake Church. Mm -hmm. Can't even do Right? <laughs> so they're filming this. And as they're filming this, he's talking about whatever he's talking about preaching yeah. and holding this snake. The snake is wrapped around his neck. He's got the snake. He's going up and down, yelling. I mean, he's sweating. He's preaching. Yeah. People are going crazy. All of a sudden, the snake bites him. Yep attacks him and this is a poisonous snake it's not like a non-poisonous right. little garden snake no. type of a thing right this is if a legit you like rattlesnake look this up you will see the video because the video is there yeah. i thought this was clickbait i clicked on it and realized no this he was attacked i mean yeah. blood gushing yeah. what got me was that he tried to play it off like oh i didn't just get bit like he really looked at the snake and kept going yeah while the snake then again yeah. goes and bites him and you see him kind of slowly losing it at that yeah, point. The and there's blood in. all over the place, yeah. all over his shirt. And, the you know, they say that the snake had just missed his temporal artery. And yeah. I'm not a scientist or medical whatever, but I'm If he would have hit that, he would have bled to that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's crazy. You were telling me that his dad was also a snake handler. Yes. And what happened with his dad? Yeah, like, his what's dad, the deal with that? His dad was a, the reason why he's the pastor now is because his dad was also a snake handler doing the same thing that he was doing, preaching in a service with the snake all over him and everything. He got bit and he died. He actually wasn't able. They weren't able to save him. Um, and this isn't the first incident that I hear of these churches. Like This is a thing. And, you know, um, this is like, you know, middle America, Bible Belt, like Kentucky, right. those types of places um, where they base their belief off of Mark 16, 18, uh, which says they will pick up serpents. And if they drank any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. That's what they're going by. So because the Bible says that they think that they they have the liberty to pick up rattlesnakes and they won't get bit and they won't die off of the poison of the rattlesnake. But clearly... <laughs> that's not the case that is not the case i mean and it's crazy and he was explaining that he's been bit six times before that experience yeah. happened right and luckily for him he didn't lose his life i mean not for nothing if you know his dad was did the same thing yeah and his dad died. was dead within seven minutes like i don't understand yeah. like what would make you in your mind think like okay but that was my dad like it's different for me you know and the idea that you know, these snakes, it was a rattlesnake. Like, like you said, it's not a yeah. garden snake. This is a rattlesnake that they, they're meant to like kill you. You know what I mean? And you know, the idea that they would take the Bible and misinterpret it that way. I think it's so crazy. Um, you know, for that people, when they do that, where they take this verse and they look at, you know, this story in the Bible and they think that, you know, 
that one moment, the way Jesus chose to manifest himself or the way God chose to reveal himself to someone, you know, applies to them as well. Yeah. You know, there are times that things happen for specific moments and specific times and is not meant to be everyone's experience. I mean, just because Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, the three youth were locked up, you know, in an oven. Yeah. Don't mean like I'm gonna lock myself in an oven to show everybody that yeah. God is real it's and true. I'm gonna heat it seven times hotter and throw me in yeah. and I'm doing a Facebook live to have everybody look at me and no, my dude, you will burn. Yeah. Like you will die. So I think that many times people take you know, the Bible and these things that God chooses to do at specific moments and they take it like God can do this, whatever he wants. Like God is on call. God is the DJ. God does whatever, you know, because he's God. And if I tell him and he's called me and if I tell him to do something, it'll happen. That's my faith. And at the end of the day, God does what he wants when he wants. Absolutely. And there is out there like the Bible has many examples of of radical things that God did do and saved people from. You have Daniel in the lion's den. You have Jonah in the belly of the of the big fish. Like There's so many things that we can talk about where God did something crazy, extraordinary, supernatural. But those were for those moments. I'm not going to go to the Bronx Zoo and jump into the gorilla den or the lion's den and expect to not get attacked. Like, that's just you're, you're not using wisdom. And God calls us also to use wisdom. Yeah, he can save us from anything. From and There's people that can testify of crazy things that God has done now in 2018 and has saved their life. But they didn't go looking for it. Right. So you can't expect to go pick up a snake, you know, throw it around your neck. And think it's not going to get agitated and that it's not going to bite you. Or if it does bite you, that the venom isn't going to have an effect on you. Like, that's just crazy and that's mind boggling. Yeah. And I think that it also, you know, things like this kind of um, rub me the wrong way because I feel that as Christians, we already looked at right. in a, under a certain lens. And we already look like as crazy or we're looked at as um, there's so many titles and names that are given to Christians. And when well, we see people like this do these things, and then the crazy thing is that there's a docu-series about it. It's all over right, the newspapers. Right, that's very suspicious, too. It's like, you know, like, that's the stuff that they show. Right. Like, they don't show, like, the miracles. They don't show the people. Right, well, the thing is that is that happening at the Snake Church? <laughs> you know? Well, no. I've, well, no, I'm not going to say no. I'm like, right. <laughs> he, he almost said, obviously. No. Anyway, Lord, okay, so... <laughs> We're gonna I don't get know. The snake I'm not church there after if, us. It's, if it's happening or not. Uh, but what I'm saying is that this is the thing that catches traction right. in the media. The right. things that come out as, um, I'm trying to look for a word that isn't offensive, but you know, this is kind of like not smart. This is not right. a smart thing to do, and right. this is the thing that will get put out there in the media and gets and makes us look like. We're a bunch of crazy, crazy people. people. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, I, I totally understood what you were saying. The idea that this is what makes headlines, not, you know, an amazing service at such yeah. and such church where this happened and God moved and three people were healed. Yeah, yeah most absolutely. likely that will make the news. But the rattlesnake attacking the pastor. Yeah. Who thought God would save him. Yep would make the news yeah just like a friend of ours brian just sent us a video from brazil where they were right. praying for this young girl that was in a wheelchair and she was healed and she walked she actually ran out you know she was healed and those are things that where's the news article on that on the things that god is doing in the lives that are being changed the people that are getting healed from diseases the people that have defects or things that are going on or even things like you know god stepped in in somebody's finances god stepped in in somebody's marriage god stepped in in somebody's home like these are things that are also powerful and important but don't catch the traction the same way that crazy preacher guy got bit by a rattlesnake and almost died yeah and again it goes back to that idea of misrepresenting christ you yeah. know as christians we represent christ and anytime we do these crazy things you know to kind of in our eyes you know prove that god is strong or god is bigger or that god has called us and we kind of put god to the test in that way yeah you know things happen where we misrepresent god and at the end of the day the message is tainted it's not clear at the end of the day people are confused and you know i wonder how many people saw this and just further you know in their minds thought like man this just confirms you know that christians are crazy yeah this may not even be a christian church you know, the snake church, never heard of this before. You know, this may not be a Bible believing, you know, or, uh, you know, Holy Ghost filled, whatever. Like they may not believe in some of these things. And they people who see these headlines and these stories can automatically put them in the same category as people who, you know, 
I do I, believe the word. And I who think this, do. I think the sad thing is that they are that they are. You know, they do believe in the Bible. They believe in the. I think because in the video itself, it sounded like they were like you know going in under the spirit and all this stuff or whatever. Uh, but it's misled. It's misguided. And right. you know that's where the issue is, where you have these things, you have these um, attributes that are similar. To our churches where, you know, they do believe in the Bible. They do believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and all that good stuff. But they add something extra to it that doesn't need to be in the mix that completely destroys everything else that they may be doing good. You know, and, and we speak up, but we've spoken about this before where you may have a met, you may be right in the message that you're trying to, you know, preach or say or give to the people. But the method that you are using is what's wrong. And that completely deters from everything that you're trying to do. Yeah. So anyway, don't play with snakes. Leave the rattlesnakes yes. alone. Leave, leave the animals alone. alone. Leave the fire alone. Yes. Leave the anything that's burning. Leave it alone. <laughs> Unless God you have a fire it, hydrant, right? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, what do you call a those? Fire extinguisher. Uh, yeah, one yeah, of those. Just, you, know. you know, God doesn't need our help when it comes to these things. Yes. You know, God doesn't need. You know, sometimes I feel like these things happen as a form of entertainment or as a form of captivating people's attention to come. Yeah. You know, we have this snake handler as our pastor, and he shows us the power of God. You know, by holding this snake and all of these things. And a lot of times, I feel like we use that as bait to get people to come. You know, for some churches, it's very explicit like that, where it's a snake handler, and for other people, it's inviting secular artists to come minister at their churches yeah, to fill that. a crowd. So I think that, you know, the idea, obviously, this is an extreme example, but this idea of, you know, wanting to fill a church or get attention or draw traction and attention to specific church organization, I think is not new. You know what I mean? And it's definitely something that we see um, a lot of times. But again, God does not need our help to, you know, um, have encounters and experiences with people. If God wants to use a moment like that, God will. If God wants to use a moment where someone is by themselves in their room, Mm -hmm. God will do that as well. So I think it's just important to also recognize that God chooses how he wants to show himself. We have no control over that. We don't have control and, you know, dictation as to how God does things. But that was crazy. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, An article just recently came out about Kirk Flank. Kirk Franklin. <laughs> Kirk We're back. Franklin. Season two. I should have did those mouth exercises. Uh, Kirk Franklin, who flew to Houston to forgive uh, his estranged father who had given him up for adoption. Um, everyone knows Kirk Franklin as an urban contemporary gospel choir, you know, artist. He's won over 12, I think 12 Grammy Awards. Uh, and he discovered his biological father had only a few months to live. So he took it upon himself to visit him and offer his forgiveness. Yeah, I mean... I think when you mention Kirk Franklin, everybody kind of has their first memory of Kirk Franklin and all that. I mean, I definitely do growing up listening to his music and um, also listening to his story. And I remember specifically one of the songs he had, it was like a phone conversation that he was having where and it was like a a drama where they acted it out. You know, obviously the audio of it where it was his mom dropping him off as a child to his aunt's house. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of play that whole, you know, storyline. I remember being young and listening to that and, you know, being impacted by his story. And it's crazy because that was so many years ago, you know, and now he kind of opens up and starts Mm -hmm. talking about his relationship with his father and all of that. And, um, you know, he kind of put this in a Facebook post out to his followers. And he was talking about how he lived his entire life hating his father. Yeah. You know, and um, he kind of went on to talk about his mom was only 15 when she gave birth to him and basically considered abortion and didn't go through with the abortion. And his aunt was the one who kind of stepped in and raised um, him as her own child. And, you know, Frank uh, Kirk Franklin kind of goes on to talk about that strain that he had with his father and, you know, that relationship that they had. And I loved how the article, you know, states that he wanted to be a better, better father. Yes. And he vowed to be the best father possible to his own four kids. Yeah. And I think that that's awesome when you grow up a certain way with a certain background and way of doing things or experience and you choose and say, you know what? I went through that. You know, the people after me, my children, my generation won't go through that. And, um, he went and he, uh, Basically, he was saying that he admitted that he. I'm, I'm trying to put this into words. Well, where but, he forgave yeah. his father, right, but didn't, let's say, um, uh, 
really he forgave him through words and Mm -hmm. kind of in mentally like that like i forgive my father but he never really lived out that forgiveness and Mm -hmm. acted on it yeah and i think he even hits on the fact that you know he 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 genuinely felt like he did not forgive him like regardless of maybe he you know maybe it was brought up in conversation yeah i forgive him you know whatever whatever but in real life in his heart he did not forgive him and he lived all these years with that burden, with right. that hurt, with that, you know, whatever it was that he was feeling, where although he was being an awesome daddy, he was trying to do his best to be a great That's dad. That's right. He, he, he still didn't had turn that, issue. that into yeah. forgiveness. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. still had that issue. Um, and I think he wrote that I, I took my hate from my father and used it as a fuel to be the best father I could be for my own. I never took that fuel and turned it into forgiveness. And that is wrong. Wrong for him, me, and the God I proclaim to represent. How can I preach what I don't practice? Uh, so I thought that was really good. And I think that that is, uh, that is something that's actually very relevant. I think that um, there are a lot of men, a lot of women that, you know, that have issues with their parents where, you know, either their, their parents gave them up for adoption or their parents were in the home or just you know, neglectful or they had run-ins or falling out with their parents and they carried those burdens uh, for years and never, you know, they're, he's, how old is he? He's 47, was it? He's 48. Uh, 48. He's 48. So you have 48-year-olds, 58-year-olds, 38-year-olds, 28-year-olds uh, that are living their life and they're trying to do best by it but are still carrying that burden of not being able yeah. to forgive those that did them wrong and i think that it's a perfect example of you know he's given the opportunity i mean should he have waited till his dad only had a couple of days left to live to do it maybe not but it's better late than sorry it's better that he do it now than his father does pass away and he lives with that regret of man i should have taken that step and spoken to him because once that person is gone there's really no coming back no you know there's no way of mending that and i love you know he says it's painful it's a process, but how disappointed I would be in myself for this man to leave earth without being forgiven. Yeah. He deserves to receive what God gives me every day. Yeah. You know, and I love that line that he deserves to receive what God gives me every day. Absolutely. Because to Kirk Franklin, you know, his view of his dad, you know, maybe Kirk has all the all the you know, right in the world to hate his dad. Yeah. And or say, you know what, I'm not going to be the way you were with me and never really turned that into forgiveness and never mm. really truly forgave. But instead he's like, you know what? Each and every day God does this with me. Yeah. And I think anytime, you know, regardless of how devastating your situation is, you know, and as hard as it can be, which it can be very hard to extend that forgiveness. Anytime you put that mirror in front of you and you think about God and you, mm-hmm. and you think about your relationship with God and the mercy and the grace that God has had on your life. Yeah. And how you've messed up and how you've let God down. You know, anytime you put that mirror in front of you, it also it's almost like you have no choice yeah. but to forgive. If God is able to do that and God is sovereign, God is holy and God is above all things, you know, and he's able to forgive after sending his son to die for us and we still neglect and abandon and reject him and all these different things, you know, we didn't do any of that. Yeah. We didn't, you know, sacrifice anything like that. We didn't sacrifice someone we love like that. And I think how much more can we forgive and extend that mercy and grace? And I love how he ends this by basically asking for prayer. Yeah. You know, he says, pray for him and for me. And he puts, God, this is hard. Absolutely. And it's crazy because I think of Paul in the Bible. When Paul would write these letters to Mm -hmm. the churches, he would always put that, like, pray for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going through it and, you know, keep me in your prayers and things like that. Again, I love transparency. I love when people like this who so many people look up to and so many people admire and esteem just kind of, you know, go down to that human state and just let people know, like, we're going through it too yeah and i think he leaves it off with the um understanding that it's a process you know he's going on this mission he's gonna speak to his dad he is gonna you know have that moment of forgiveness but i you know and and i've been through that i've been through that situation when you have to forgive people and you have to um and you know it's something that you may have to remind yourself up for a couple of times you know where you know today i forgave you but you know two days from now i may remember it again and be how dare you but i have to be like no you forgive him, forgive him, forgive him, let it go, let it go, let it go. And I think that that's the process that he's going to have to go with, especially when it's something that you've been carrying for so many years. It's almost impossible to be able to just let it go, 
you know, right. on the drop of a dime. Um, so there, there are times and there are moments where you will encounter that, where you will have to go through this forgiveness and it'll be a process and you're going to have to push yourself. You're going to have to make the effort, the conscious effort of reminding yourself, I have to forgive this person. And if you use the methodology, the, the methodology or the, the, the train of thought that Kirk Franklin brings up, which is that if God extends his grace and mercy to me every day, I should be doing the same thing. Uh, to him as well. So if there's anybody out there that, you know, needs to hear that, you know, forgiveness is not only for the person, but it's also for you. Right. It's for the healing that you need to be done in your heart. It's for the ability to let that go. It's to be able to take that weight off of your shoulder. And once you're able to do that, you will breathe a lot more easier, be able to move a lot more freely. You'll be able, be able to progress and move forward. Um, and sometimes you don't even realize that you've been carrying that burden for such a long time that you don't even realize that it's dragging you down. And once you reach that moment of clarity and that moment of where you're able to actually breathe, it makes a huge difference in your life. And the beauty of all of that is that you don't do that alone. I think yeah. a lot of times when we don't forgive that sense of, you know, just isolating certain feelings and suppressing certain emotions, we feel like we're definitely alone. Yeah. And we feel we replay, you know, the hurt. We replay all of that. We pick at our wounds when we choose not to forgive. But when we forgive, I believe that's when there's that shift and that change where now God is able to work. Yeah. Whereas before we didn't have that open heart or that open mind to forgive where now we choose to extend forgiveness. God now has room to work and heal in our lives. Yeah. And I'm, and I, and I think, and I know that sometimes my, my train of thought and my way of thinking is a little uh, out there, but I also believe that when you remove that hate or that hurt from your heart, God has to fill it in with something right so when he removes that hurt when he removes that hate when he removes that anger that sadness and he replaces it with his joy with his love with his peace with his mercy you know that reaps its benefits in your life and it also trickles out to other things that you're dabbling in whether it is into your relationship with your family members whether it was your relationship at work and in church or whatever it marks a difference and it makes a change in you that is evident as yeah. well and it's, you know, like kind of that train of thought that God will never take something away without filling or supplying that void. Yeah. You know, where it's almost like, you know, God, if God is taking something away from you, know that he's not taking it away from you to leave you in a state where you are lacking. Yeah. But if God is taking something away from you, know that he's filling it with something better. Absolutely. He's filling it with something that will benefit you and, you know, will truly satisfy you. If it's hurt that he's taking away from you, you know, know that, you know, he's bringing healing. Yeah. You know, if it's certain people in your life, friendships that you feel are kind of being, you know, taken away from, you know, that he's bringing, you know, even uh, better people that will encourage and uplift you and people that will support you and be there for you. You know what I mean? And a lot of times we, you know, it's hard to think that way in the moment. I, I got to admit that sometimes when God does those things, it's like, all right, God, like, you know, when, when are you going to fill this void? When mm -hmm. are you going to come through? When are you going to, you know, fully, you know, com fill, com uh, complete and fulfill the word that you promised over my life. And, you know, it's hard in that process. Yeah. You know, when you're waiting and you're in that in-between stage. But again, you take that step and God takes one with you. Yeah. And I think that it's always if you find yourself randomly feeling angry or, or being easily irritated or frustrated or whatever to take a moment to self-reflect and see what's the root of that. You know, with Kurt Franklin's situation, I'm, I'm guessing maybe from the beginning he knew it was his issue with his dad. But there are some people that, you know, they're just walking around like upset or angry or hurt or whatever and have never taken that moment to actually be like okay why do i really feel this way why am i so easily irritated why am i so easily angered why am i always you know quick to give up on relationships or quick to give up on friendships or why do i give up so easily when i'm trying to you know set a goal for myself like self-reflect you know pray about it and then once you come to an understanding of what it is then address it address it head on and it's scary you know to be able one of the scary i have a fear which is um like if i see someone in public that i'm not really cool with but i know them like i know them and i know they know me i won't go to say hi to them i can be in the middle of penn station and i'll see fulano de tal from so-and-so church that i know for a fact knows me but i won't go say hi to them with the fear that they won't recognize who i am and it's like that's a, that's an issue also, you know, where you recognize that you have to ask this person for forgiveness, but then you're afraid of them rejecting the forgiveness that you're trying to give to them. Um, and you have to be like, you know what? You have to be willing to take that risk that you're going to go up to someone and be like, man, you know, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I forgive you. 
and even if they don't want to accept it still do it yeah St- still go go through it still go through the emotions still go through the feelings and because you're going to be better at the end of it yeah it's going to be it, it may feel horrible in the moment but in the long run it'll be the right thing to do yeah and sometimes god will move you to go to someone and you know apologize and ask for that forgiveness and you may feel like man i didn't do anything you know and i believe that sometimes god will do that to you know further just mold you and allow you to grow and be obedient even in those rough moments where you feel like man god i was i was hurt i was the one wounded i was the one let down and god kind of sends you and then you have that other person there who's kind of feeling the same thing and same emotions and they're just waiting for you you know and a lot of times i mean i've definitely had my share of those moments where god will send you to do something and you really don't think it's fair but then afterwards you see like man like if I wouldn't have taken that step and just obeyed God, like it could have been so much worse, you know? And the idea that again, you know, we have to take that step, you know, God does his part. We have to do our part, you know? And if we say we're Christians and we represent God and we represent Christ, Christ would forgive and Christ would let go. And as hard as that is at times to do those things, because we're not here saying it's easy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As hard as it is to do those things, if we truly want to represent Christ to the fullest, Mm -hmm. we have to do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, Kirk Franklin, um, he'll definitely, um, be testifying about this. I feel yes. like this will be something he put it out there and it's almost like an accountability thing. Yeah. When you put something out to the, for the world, to, yeah. you know, especially as ministers and believers, you know, we have to come through on what we put out there, not only to God, but also to the people that see us. And I mean, how many stories I'm sure. And how many people have similar stories to him and, and totally were inspired and picked up the phone and called someone, yeah. you know, and, and ask for forgiveness or try to make men's in situations. And, you know, he's now almost like accountable and responsible for these people to kind of be that example and that, you know, leader in that moment where it's almost like, you know what, this is a process and I'm sure we'll be hearing more about it and all of that. But it's an interesting process to go through, especially um, the extent of that situation regarding, you know, his childhood and everything like that. Um, It's definitely a difficult one. Yeah. And, you know, we want to thank everyone for tuning in. Yes. Uh, We have our Facebook page that is out now where you can like. We're going to be posting videos on there also that won't be available on other of our social media platforms. Um, And we'll be throwing out new content. We have polls that are coming up also that we want you guys to give your opinions on. Yeah. Um, You know, we want one one of our goals for this uh, new season is to have more interaction with you guys. Definitely. We want to hear your voices more. We want to know your opinions. If there's anything that you want us to speak about, anything that you agree with us, or disagree with us too feel free let us know uh and we'll try to incorporate that more in the upcoming episodes as well yeah the whole idea behind this podcast again is to help each other grow to just bring to the light certain conversations and topics that may be difficult to talk about or may not be spoken about in church or just you know different things like that so we definitely want to talk about those topics and you know hit those points that you may have so like he said one of our goals is to be way more interactive you know i think fridays we're making fridays the day where we send out our polls yeah and um you know whether it's topics like you know let's say a topic like today you know have you ever struggled with you know forgiveness yeah you know uh how you know do you find it easy to forgive is it difficult to you know different questions and you know this will kind of just allow you to be way more interactive and allow you to just feel more a part of this podcast and feel more um like we're all in this together we're truly Mm -hmm. in this together so um continue to support this podcast continue to spread the word and you know listen to it with your youth and your youth groups and just you know if you know someone that is going through this and going through unforgiveness and is battling and struggling through you know letting go of hurt and pain and wounds of the past definitely send them this you know podcast and just um you know uh help them and help them in this journey and you know we're like i said we're in this together we're growing together yeah and if you just happen to stumble upon us on soundcloud we have our instagram which is god life culture uh you can email us yep god life culture at gmail.com you can find us on facebook um and you know maybe, maybe we'll venture on to other things also that you'll find us in yeah. in the near future as well uh but thank you for tuning into this season two premiere episode we're yes. happy to be back 
We're excited for all the new things, all the new topics and subjects. And we have and some things. really good topics. Yes. I think our next podcast is going to be really good. Uh, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. And should I think we tell them something? What's um, I, I maybe think, do you um, want to? I, I think the good thing is it's it's we're 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 spinning. Um, we're going to be speaking about the the other side of something that we've spoken about already that is very relevant yes. and is happening. It's a serious subject uh, that is happening in our churches mm-hmm. that I think that people underestimate how serious it is. Right. Um, and I think it's very important, but I want to leave it there. I don't want to yeah. get too into it because um, yeah. I definitely want them to come back to hear yeah, about so it. Yeah, so come back. Listen, um, every Wednesday we release our episodes that's yes, staying the same. Yes. So you can definitely um, check us out there and um, let us know what you want to hear. We gave you all our links and everything, so hit us up. Yeah, so thank you once again. You're listening to God Life Culture Podcast. That's God, God Life, Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.